Hey, what's going on, everybody? I appreciate you coming back and checking out another episode of 195 Stamps Podcast, the travel podcast that you deserve. So, bro, I'm, it's been a hectic last couple of weeks. This episode was like a year in the making, right? I've been trying to get my boy Corey on here for like a year, but schedules hadn't aligned, whatever, whatever. Finally get them all. You know, we get the Zoom call together. We had some audio difficulties in the Zoom call, but, you know, it was what it was. We got that figured out, right? Get back on. And and, and you'll hear that um, in the beginning because we we had a couple of difficulties with, like, some stuff. And uh, so when it picks up, it picks up in the uh, – it's still in, like, the early stages of our conversation, but it's kind of in the middle of a sentence. So, hey, I mean – the rest of it is still really good. You know, what can you do? Um, but so we had this nice long, we go for about an hour, right? We touch on a bunch of stuff. We talk about, um, you know, Corey's life in the NFL, spent six years there, uh, four with the Bears, uh, one with the Vikings, one with the Detroit Lions. Uh, we talk about his recruiting process, coming out of Northwestern, going to the league, um, and then just kind of traveling around, navigating the the NFL. But it almost didn't happen. I finished this, was feeling real good about the conversation and all that. Went to take the um, the SD card out of my um, like podcast thing, right, and put it in my computer so I could transfer the file. Which I can do like via Bluetooth, but uh, whatever, I I guess. Bruh, messed around, tried to put it in like the little slot and I guess I didn't hit it right. So it pops up in the air and flies somewhere in the room. Now the room isn't that big, but I still haven't been able to find it. And that was a while ago, like within the past week. So I was tight, but luckily... I recorded this via Zoom, um, and I happened to hit record on Zoom, thankfully, so we did not lose the whole episode. It was it was touch and go there for a while. It was touch and go. But thanks to technology, I got it all together. Um, you know, I ain't going to hold you because, like I said, we go for about an hour. I want to get into it. It was a real good conversation. Um, check it out. Corey Wooten. His mom's 6'3". Like, this guy's going to be a stud a couple years right. from now. So a lot of people um, gave me scholarships based off potential and what I was able to do with my size the way I was junior year. So I had got like six or seven offers that year. And then Northwestern actually was my senior year that I got recruited by them. Oh, really? And um, I kind of didn't know much about it. I knew they were a really good academic school. And then I saw a game uh, when they were playing Michigan. And, and they were they were hanging with him. And I kind of wanted to always go to a good academic school. Yeah. Uh, Boston College recruited me, too. But I knew a lot of people from Jersey and the East Coast that went there. So I was like, yeah, let me venture out to the Midwest, see what Chicago's about. And, uh, man, I loved it. Met, met some really good people over the years. Um, yeah. Had a really good experience there. So where did you want to go coming out? <sighs> Shoot. I, I honestly was on the belief, like, whoever wants me. Cause I wasn't sure how the recruiting process would go. And 
I was actually thinking about my junior year. I'm like, I'm probably going to have to go to a fifth year high school because mm-hmm. I'm undersized. I didn't know how people were going to recruit me. So I was like, I'm, I'm probably going to have to go to a fifth year of high school. And then after the junior year, when I got my first offer from Indiana, I was like, whoa, D1 <laughs> offer, Indiana? Like, yo, we in here. Let's go. And then I got like Louisville, UConn, Rutgers, all these other schools. I'm like, yo, we, we're not going to have to go to a fifth year of high school. So I was like, oh, man, this is dope. Um, and then, yeah, so I just kind of, kind of played it cool, you know, took some visits and then, then decided. How were the visits? Cause we hear these stories like, you know, from, and mostly I know it's football, um, basketball. I, um, I was listening to a podcast a few months ago, Damian Woody, um, EC <laughs> legend. Yep. So, yep uh, he was, uh, going on a recruiting trip. I don't think he said the name of the college or he did, but I don't remember. Uh, no, I think it was BC. I think he said he went on his recruitment visit to uh, Boston College and they were hanging out with some of the Pats. And because uh, oh. a couple guys from you know BC had, uh, made the team or whatever, and uh, he was hanging out with them. He said it was one of literally the best nights of his life. Uh, <laughs> now, look, you a married man, you don't have to hey, go but, in hey, the but this, this, is, this is before I got married, <laughs> this is, though. This so, is before I even met my wife. So, your best recruiting visits. Best one was definitely, definitely. Uh, I don't even know if I want to say the name of the place. <laughs> All right, we don't have to I'll say the name of the school. We could talk about that off camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, some somewhere in the south, it was, it was, it was probably the best football school I got recruited by. And I mean, man, I'll tell you, I had the best time because literally kicked it with these dudes, and man, we were just drinking and and all this stuff, and. You know, I'm I'm from I'm from Jersey, and man, we we have been partying honestly since my freshman year of high school. So, it it wasn't new to me. You know, um, we go on the weekends, and uh, you know, my high school. I grew up with a lot of rich kids that went to my high school, so they they party on a trillion. And then the kids <laughs> in my town that I grew up in, we partied. So it wasn't anything. But uh, Louisville, man, the dudes were all were all cool as hell, and we kicked it. We went to a club. And you know you just say the name, right? Hey, <laughs> you're right. I'll edit that right. out. No, no, no. I can say it. You're right. You can say it. Okay. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, I can say the name of it because it's, it's cool. It's Louisville. Right. I, right. I'm not tripping about that. This is Louisville. This is Louisville. Um, okay. So we, so we went to a club, literally, and, bro, dudes start shooting. And I'm, I'm, I'm in there. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm faded. Like, mm-hmm. And I'm like. Uh, what, what's going on? We run outside, you know, the cops come, everything. I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> and uh, they were saying at this club or whatever, his stuff always popped off. And I'm like, dang, why don't we go there? Like, because oh, it's so fun. Like, literally, it was the best, like, hour and a half until <laughs> hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm from the suburbs, man. So it was like, it was like adventure. And, you know, I was like, I didn't get shot or nothing. So I'm good, man. I'm a street crib when I go back home. Like, yeah, man, I went to this party. I got shot at, man. Get Richard Don trying. Like, nah. <laughs> but it, it it was it was a good time, man. They, you know, they'll they'll uh, the the crazy part is like some of the schools, you know, you, you hear about certain stuff, like they bring girls by and they're like, mm-hmm. go ahead, do your thing. And, right. Uh, so, some of the schools, honestly, like like we're, we're like that, especially to the big time recruits. And mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. They want you to have a good time. They want you to show, oh, why should he go there? You know, right. Some people like the party. They 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 find out what you like and they kind of cater it. Cater, to you. yeah. Um, but honestly, Northwestern was probably my wackest visit, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> you know that, what? I have heard that um, from different people that Northwestern yep. is like, look, I mean, 
whatever you know why you're here <laughs> yeah exactly like, honestly like then i thought about it and i'm like let me let me think about this from a logical point of view and i'm i was 17 at the time because i didn't turn 18 until june so we had our official visit i think in the december or january so i was like let me think about this from a logical standpoint right and most people would be like i gotta i gotta go to a good school a party school something where i'm gonna have a good time and i'm like let me think about the bigger picture right i want to make the league if i can't make the league let me go to a good academic school so i'm like you know regardless of where i am i'm gonna meet cool cool people and we're gonna have a good time wherever we are and i was like so northwestern i got the vibe from people like people didn't have an ego at other schools you know people had egos and they yeah. thought they were better than people and everybody had been telling them how good they are. And I'm like, everybody here down to earth. And that's kind of, that's kind of like all the people I was cool with in Jersey, everybody down to earth and, and whatnot. So I was like, you know, I'm thinking of the bigger picture and I'm thinking of, about a place where people are thinking beyond football, right? Because you can't play football forever. Right. And, and, and that's why I picked Northwest. Now that, that makes sense. I, um, I actually work with a guy at my current job um, who he is just out of, um, not just out of college, but he's younger, early 20s. I don't even think he's 25 yet. And uh, so he's from the Atlanta area, and he went to Duke to play football. He played offensive line. And uh, so he was telling me on his recruiting visit, um, he was like, yeah, you know, so when we gone? Because he, he had said he'd gone to some other schools or it was just like, like almost like a movie. And uh, <laughs> he said he gets to Duke, and he's like, yeah, so, you know, Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. And so he said they go out, they do have a good time. It's great. And then he casually mentions like, oh, so like um, y'all be doing work. Because one of them said he had to study for something. He's like, y'all be doing work? He's like, bro, you are at the worst school in North Carolina. If you think that's what you about to come here and do. He was <laughs> like, this is, Duke is not that. <laughs> yeah, nah, He was yeah, like, I heard the basketball team don't even get that. I was like, whoa, if they not treating Duke basketball like that. Yeah, it, it, look, the Duke it's, football. It's a, it's a different beast, but I'm glad we were close to Chicago. Um, you know, That's Chicago's nice. a dope city. Chicago so. is love. Yeah, Chicago. Chicago. I mean, you've been there a bunch of times. Chicago. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it it doesn't disappoint. Like if it's your first time or your tenth time, twentieth time, Chicago is, is, in my opinion, I love it because it's, it's a clean city. You know, mm-hmm. I always I always said this, and and people from the East Coast might get mad at me, but I think it's a cleaner less crowded New York City. Oh, you're absolutely right. I've been saying that to anybody who will listen. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I will live Corey, in Chicago. get the heck out of here. What are you, tough guy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people from the East Coast will get mad That's at me. That's definitely the New Jersey, New York <laughs> Yo, what is, what is this guy, an idiot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Say, what are you, tough guy? <laughs> but, uh, nah, Chicago is love, man. So, you actually go to Northwestern, right? You mm-hmm. ball in. Um, like I said, we have a mutual friend, and the first time I'd ever seen you all play in person was at the Alamo Bowl. Alamo okay. Bowl, you all were playing um, Missouri. Yep. Um, and low key, not even low key. At the time, you know, I wasn't really concerned. Think about Missouri, like it was Missouri. Yeah, exactly. But like they had some ballers on that team. They did. Chase like, Daniel, Jeremy Macklin, Jeremy Alden Macklin. Smith, Siggy Hood, Willie Willie Moe. Willie Moe. Atlanta, right. Atlanta yeah. Falcon safety yeah. uh, for a few years. Like, that was a game. And yeah. I, that was a high score. Refresh me. What happened in the game? Did you all win? I remember it was kind of high No, score. we lost. It w- went to overtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all yeah. had that wide receiver, um, white dude, who was balling. Peterman, was it? It might have been. 
Yeah, Peter Peter was, was cold. He played he was with me on the Bears everything. for a little bit. Oh, he was yeah. on the Bears for a minute. Yeah. Okay, I um, I didn't I didn't know if he made the league or not, but yeah, he was. I was like, I don't know if he's making the NFL, but if he does, it will be off the tape from this game. This yeah, dude he, is he catching everything. Yeah, he was killing it. So that game was particularly interesting to you because you got hurt in that game. When when in that game did you get hurt? Bro, like the last three minutes of the game. Man. That's the craziest part about it. So yeah. let me paint the picture for all the listeners, Please man. Do. So I was I was a redshirt junior, right? Um, I was uh I was thinking about leaving because that year I had 10 or 11 sacks in the season. I was balling, um, first team all big ten, um, all American, all this, that, and the other. And I was projected as as a possible first round pick. And I'm like, I'm going into this game. I had two sacks in the game. I'm going for my third. I had a pick in the game. I'm killing it. Like, I'm like, I remember I'm feeling myself. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, literally, there's, there's two, three minutes left in the game. And I'm going, and I beat the, le- the right tackle. I beat him on an inside move. And he kind of pulls me a little bit from behind, gets me off balance. And Chase Daniel goes to my left, his right. And I try to put my foot in the ground. And I just heard snap, 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 three snaps. And I was like, Ooh. I didn't yell. I didn't cry. I didn't anything. I was just like, oh, my gosh. I just held my knee. I laid on the ground. And the, the coaching staff, the training staff's looking over at me. They're like, are you good? Thumbs up. And I'm like, no. I was like, thumbs, come here. Yeah, thumbs down. So they come over. I go, my leg snapped in half. I go, I know it is. Like, I heard it. I heard it. Snap, snap, snap. I go, it's, it's in half, right? They're like, what are you talking about? Your leg is fine. I go, no, my leg is snapped in half. I heard it. They're like, your leg is in place. What, what are you talking about? They're like, you could you could have, like, you know, tore your ACL. And I'm just like, oh, no. And then they do that test that they do when mm-hmm. they try to feel around for your ACL. That thing was just flopping there, man. It was just like – and they're like, yeah, you definitely tore your ACL. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I'm like three minutes left in the game. I'm thinking about declaring after this game. You know, possible first rounder after all this momentum was about to get my third sack, building all this momentum. I'm like, but everything happens for a reason. You know, I end, right. up, I end up coming back the next year and it was it was tough, you know, mentally more so than anything. I, I feel like when people have injuries, they think it's just a physical grind, but it's definitely mentally Mental. more challenging because you never feel like yourself in that first year back. It's oh, really? the second year. So my first year back, I, I just didn't feel like myself that fifth year in college. Mm-hmm. And it, it hurt my stock because I, I fell to the fourth round, um, which is still good in, in any round. Yeah. You know, you, you get drafted in the fourth round. But, but the first round got certain guarantees with exactly. it too. And, and, and especially 09 and 10 were the last years of those major oh. guarantees. So even if I was like, let's say late, late 20s, I'm still talking about, you know, possibly 20 million guaranteed. So it was a big difference. Um, but, you know, like I said, everything happens for a reason, and I'm not, I'm not bitter. I'm not anything about it. Um, something that happened, uh, you know, people ask, oh, would you, would you have sat out? And I'm like, well, if stuff was the way it is now, how people are sitting out bowl game, 100%. Yeah. You know, if, if I knew I was leaving, mm-hmm. I would have sat out that game. Yeah. And, but that, that wasn't the thing that people did back then. You played games. It was football. You yeah. know, you, you, you play and you, you don't sit out. That's one thing that I think is so fascinating, right, is the culture um, around football and how it's so, you know, did you um, last year, last year, year before last, ESPN did, uh, it was like the 150 or 100 year 
football anniversary. Did you ever see yeah. any of those? Yeah, I think it was last year. Last year? Yeah. So one thing that I learned about football is, you know, after the Civil War, uh, the U.S. was like, well, we don't want our men to get soft because there are no more wars on the horizon. Yep. So we're going to create a game. And at first, football was only played by, like, the Princetons, Harvards. It was like an elite Yep. Um, rich white man's game and the rules of course look completely different than they do now but they ended up actually having to outlaw it um because kids were like dying <laughs> playing football yeah. and that's Crazy. actually how the NCAA got um kind of uh invented was just to put rules and regulations around what you could and couldn't do right because you yep. these college kids that kept dying yep. um and I actually think because of that origin story like that's why it has so much of that military mindset of football because it was born out of that um you know and with that comes the all right you got to play through it you know these are your brothers like this is this is war like all those uh euphemisms that we get for for football Mm -hmm. and fast forward right a hundred years or whatever and it's like man i ain't doing it because like why we know what football does to some people. Um, it definitely takes a toll on your body. Oh, um, but And so why take those hits for free? Especially when you should be getting paid in college anyway. That's a different story yeah. for a different day. Why exactly. take those hits for free? Yeah, no, I, I feel you. Um, the, the great part about it is I, I, I played in the league for six years, and, and so I have some protection from the NFL. Right. You know, so, so later on in life, if I need a knee replacement or a hip replacement or – Something they'll cover those expenses, but I have some right. teammates that just played in college, right? Mm-hmm. And horrible knees. I mean, yeah. bone on bone, and they're 33 years old. And what what do they have? They like, gonna who's going to help them? Not the NCAA. No. They didn't play in the NFL, so it's it's up to their own insurance or if they're going to approve somebody to get a knee replacement at 45 years old. You know, I, yeah, it's that's... just it, it's a it's a tough battle, and I understand why the guy that went to Northwestern, Kane Coulter. Who I played mm-hmm. for in Minnesota, who I played with actually in Minnesota, was trying to fight for that. Right. You know, he was trying to fight for rights for college players because think about it: the concussions they sustain, the injuries, and then you know you ship them out to the real world, and you're like, go deal with it. And for so, those that don't know, Kane he tried to unionize um, football players um, starting at Northwestern, but it did not quite mobilize how how he thought it would. And I'm sure there's a you know a multitude of factors. That's for a different show for a different day. But yeah. just to, you know, not everybody knows about the movement that he exactly. was trying to create. There. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was way before his time. And I wish it would have caught fire because I think it's a really good thing he was trying to do. But I think when it comes to the scheme of things, like everybody, and you see all these debates, because you remember when they were talking about paying the players and people mm-hmm. said, are you kidding me? They got a free education. They, need to get, they get to go to this school. They get to get in this school just off their uh, athletics. And I'm like, listen, you don't understand what it takes to be a college athlete. Everybody can talk about it and what they would do, what they wouldn't do. But until you put the pads on, you're getting up at 5 a.m. doing the workout. It's a full-time then, job. Yeah, and then, and, it's, <laughs> and then hitting some dude that's 320 pounds every day and then going to class and, and expected that to have a, a 3.0 or above. There's a, there's a lot of work that goes into that. So I, I feel like people always say stuff like that, and it, it really bothers me when they, when they act like, Oh, you're getting a scholarship and that's it. I'm like, do you know how much revenue, even a school like Northwestern that 
you, you know and I know, is not a major football powerhouse when it comes to other Big Ten schools like Ohio State, Michigan. Michigan's right. But they generate a lot of revenue just from the Big Ten Conference, from the TV uh, revenue. And then mm-hmm. also when you make a bowl game, you make significant money. So right. there's a lot of money that goes into school that funds other sports because of football. Absolutely. So like, people, a lot of people don't get that. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously we're going off a bit of rant here, but I don't care. So, you know, <laughs> with that, like the next – so fast forward um, from the Alamo Bowl. The next year you guys play in the Sun Bowl, right, out yep. in Arizona. No, so, so we, we played in Outback in, in Outback. Florida. Outback. Okay, so yeah, the Sun, when was the Sun Bowl? Uh, Sun Bowl was 05, our freshman year. Okay, freshman year. So I'm talking to Todd on the phone, um, and – we're just talking about stuff, right? He's like, you know, how's it going? He's like, yeah, you know, some blah, 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 blah. No. And he's going down. And I didn't know this, like, until then, that you all got bowl gifts. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, you know, I, I was like, well, what is it? And he's going down a laundry list of shit yep. that you guys get. Yep. And as a college student, like, that's great. But adults know what they're doing. Like, all that stuff has is four figures, if not five figures worth of worth of value like it would be so you could put that money to so much better use if you handed Corey Wooten a check for eight thousand dollars now whether he takes that and blows it at the mall or gives it to his family or gives it to a charity that's nobody's business but his exactly exactly you know you should have that opportunity no so should a bunch of kids yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a big thing because people don't realize how much the universities make off a bowl game. Even if it's not the BCS or one of the major bowls, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a highly televised game and it's probably the only game that's on that day. So everybody's right. tuning in. So, yeah, they give us, you know, the sidekick our freshman year when you were talking about talking <laughs> The sidekick was lit. Sidekick, you know, they gave us um that, that was probably one of the best phones. You could text without even looking at the dang thing. <laughs> um we got we got like four hundred dollars. One year we got like a PS3, you know, uh we got like the what was that? The PSP. Yeah, so we got a I lot of the good PSP gifts. year. I was hating. But honestly, everyone was like, just give me money, man. I'll get whatever I want. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what we wish. We, we got a check for, for a few thousand. That would have been nice. You know, yeah. we could do whatever we want with it. We're, we're broke college kids. Man. Exactly. Money, exactly. You know? So <laughs> speaking of being a broke college kid to not being a broke college kid anymore, um, <laughs> you know, you were projected first round. You stayed an extra year, um, fourth round pick. So I have a question. How does... How does that work when you are um, being scouted um, by different NFL teams? Do they, like, fly you out to their facility for a workout? Is it just a pro day? Like, what does that yeah. look like when, for example, I, I'm not sure who all you worked out with, but say, yeah. like, the um, Eagles are like, hey, we want you to come in. Do they send the PJ? You know, they put you coach, seat 43D. How does that work? Yeah, no, most of the time they put you in first class. They try to okay. wine and dine you. Okay. Uh, They'll put you in a hotel, say you could order all the room service. I, I probably set the record for highest room service bill. I mean, I ordered everything. And, and who was who would you work out for that they sent you uh, to them? Brought you so to? so I, I went to the Patriots. Um, I didn't work out there. They came to work me out, but I had another visit after they came and worked me out at Northwestern mm-hmm. to their facility. I met with Belichick, their defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a cool, especially, especially meeting Belichick, man. That was, that was dope. And, um, you know, is he's he as big of an asshole as he is on TV. 
he he was a nice guy. He was very quiet. Um, when I met him, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, I really respect your game. He's like, you remind me a lot of a, you know, young Jason Taylor, you know, and I'm like, oh, Jason Taylor. Oh, Just because okay. you look like Jason Taylor. <laughs> nah, but you you were fine, though, so I'm not even yeah, going to take yeah. that from me. You so, do look like Jason Taylor, though. <laughs> My, I got I got a little more hair, hair than he <laughs> You do. He was going bald probably by about 20 years old. <laughs> That's true. And isn't Jason, uh, isn't he related to Erlacher? Isn't that, isn't that no, no. Some, so, so um, like he's related to no, no, to Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas, one yeah. of the white linebackers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah anyway, exactly. go ahead. So you worked exactly. out with Pats. You met Bill. Yeah, I met Bill Belichick. Um, and then at the pro day, there was a bunch of other teams. There was probably like fifteen other teams that worked me out. And oh man, during the pro day, it sucked because um, I was coming off a, a hamstring. So during the combine. Uh, a couple of days before I was doing a workout, you know, with my uh, speed guy and I, I like tweaked my hammy and I'm like, oh, shoot, I was running good times. I was feeling good. And I was like, let me see how it is. I'll, I'll wait till, you know, the time of when we're going to run everything. And if I don't feel good, I'm going to sit it out and just wait till the pro day. So, yeah, I didn't feel good the day of. And I'm like, man, these two, you know, you got DNs that are running four six. I'm like, I can't be over here slacking, you know, with a pulled hammy. So I waited till pro day and like, it seemed like all the, all the teams were out there and bro, they worked me out and I felt like so out of shape because you know, two <laughs> weeks of missing time when you're trying to let something recover, right. That'll affect your wind. And they're going, okay, let's go. We, Cause I was like a versatile guy. They were saying, okay, you could play a three, four, you could play a four, three, or you could possibly be a stand up three, four. And so, you know, especially the Patriots cause they love versatility. Right. They're like guys, they're like, oh, you could play all three positions. So a lot of these people were working me out for all three, and I'm just like, I'm so gassed and dead. I'm like, <laughs> I looked at the film, I'm like, I look completely awful. I'm like, I probably could have been higher in the rounds if I didn't look so tired. Hey, but they but, saw uh, what you put on tape. Hey, exactly. I feel like most of the time they, they know what you put on tape, and they do it off that, but they want to see you in person. They want to see what type of person you are, how intelligent you are, and what I, what I took away from the Patriots more so than anything. They want intelligent guys. So what they do is they uh, draw out on, on the uh, whiteboard, they'll draw out, you know, four or five different plays and formations, right, mm -hmm. that they want you to understand. They'll, they'll write it once, erase it. But what's, before they erase it, they're like, okay, you got everything. You got every, Okay, we need you to know every position. Okay, erase it. Okay, draw up what I just said. Okay, boom. So you just draw it up. And I, I passed that test because I've right. always been good about seeing stuff being able to replicate it, understand what everybody's doing. So that wasn't my issue. Mm -hmm. So I felt like, I felt like they loved me in that regard, my versatility, my intelligence and stuff like that. But it's, it's just, yeah, they try to test you. And, and then the combine, the, the craziest part, and I know you, you probably heard stuff where people talked about Des Bryant and his, his mom was yeah. supposedly a prostitute and somebody asked them about that, right. but they'll ask you crazy questions, man. Like, um, if you, you know, ask me if my mom was a prostitute, like it just now we have to fight and nobody's taking me. I know, but the or maybe crazy somebody part takes about, me because they like I fight you, fought you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy, right? Um, but everybody was cool for the most part. Um, one team literally, so they they put on my my worst plays, like mm -hmm. something <laughs> I'm doing bad, and they just rip you. Like, what the are you doing here? Are you kidding me? This will get you cut. This will get you cut. <laughs> and uh, you know, I said to the guy, I'm like, yeah, I was like. Sir, I messed up on this play completely. I said, but the next play, I got a sack fumble. We got the ball back. Oh, what you think you could come up with an excuse, Northwestern? You think you're smarter than us? <laughs> I was like, no, sir. I'm just, I'm just saying what, what had happened in that play. And he showed me another play, and I'm like, yes, sir, I messed up this play. But the next play, I made a tackle for loss in the backfield. And he's like, he was like, 
He's like, okay. He just, he just was getting so See, mad that I had an answer for everything that he <laughs> – he thought he was going to rattle me. Not so nah. Fast there, sir. Nah, we ain't doing that. We ain't playing yep. those games. Exactly. So, do y'all all stay in, like, the same spot uh, for the combine? Yeah, so in the combine, we stay – so it's in Indy. Um, uh-huh. And it's, like, in this big uh, convention hall. And it kind of – you just have a different roommate. Um, so they match you up with whoever. And – Literally, it's honestly the worst weekend of your life because they really? get up at like four o'clock in the morning and do a drug test. And then they have you do uh, this test and that test. And then you got to go work out. So it's literally like they're trying to test you. It's like a military style workout. So they want you to be tired. They don't want you to be at your best because they want to see how you're going to perform. when Right. You're... So it's, it's a whole mind game, man. It really is. So after the combine, where did you want to go? Because a lot of times guys are like, oh, I'm just happy to get drafted. I feel like that part of like a lot of that is true, but yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, niggas just want to live in Miami also. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Where did you yeah. want to go? Obviously I wanted to be in Chicago. Uh, really? Wife, okay. My wife at the time was still at the Paul. So she was, yeah. she was going to be in her senior year. So I would have been and close she hoops, to her. And it's nice. Yeah, she hoops. yeah. Yeah. She's tall too. She's six, three. So and I'm played six, in the WNBA. So yeah, they, yeah. They one of them type of couples. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I thought, but being in Chicago, that's a one in 32 chance. So I'm like, I'm going to be somewhere else for sure. You know, mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're thinking about the bigger picture stuff. Did you think Chicago was going to take you? I didn't think so because I, literally my agent and I had thought second or third round for sure. We're like, mm-hmm. oh. And then apparently I have been, uh, I've been flagged on some medical boards for a neck injury I, I had my freshman year. Mm-hmm. They were saying that, that something something popped up in, in my examination for my neck and even though I hadn't had any issues from since my freshman year, yeah, that was a cause of concern. Um, so a lot of teams took me off their board and I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I'm thinking maybe I might even get go undrafted. I'm like, I, I don't know how this is. Cause my agent told me, listen, some teams have took taken you off their board. I'm like, wait, well, what? I'm like, I haven't had an issue with my neck since my freshman year. Like what's going on? He's like, yeah, man, I, I really don't know. We got to see how this plays out. So the first day goes by this first round. I knew I wasn't going to go first round. Second day is second and third round. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be this day. Let's go. And then the last pick comes in. The third round, last pick, I'm like, all right, maybe I'll be. And I didn't get a call. So I'm like, oh, shoot. So I'm like, oh, man. Like, third round goes, am I really going to get drafted? So the next day is fourth through seventh. And I'm just like, I had trouble sleeping. I'm up the oh, next I know day. You were a wreck. <laughs> yeah. Because you worked and, your whole life for this shit. Like exactly. Like exactly. your whole life. And you went to Northwestern, like, yo, Northwestern, get a good education. Yeah. If the football thing doesn't work out, but like the football thing has to work out. Exactly. So I'm just like, shoot, you know, I want to live out my dream, you know. Come on, I gotta go. Uh, and then the next day, um, Lovey Smith calls me. And I had known Lovey because his son w- lived across the hall from me and Prince. Our, our uh, sophomore year. Okay, so, I didn't know he was there so, with y'all. Yeah, so we got to be good friends with him. We went to his wedding, you know, when he's in college. He got married young. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we got to know him. So I, I met Lovey, and I got to know him a little bit. Um, so he called me. He said, you know, Corey, you know, we're, we're going to draft you with the next pick. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to be in Chicago. All my peoples are out there. You know, my, my girlfriend at the time, my wife, you know, she's out there. So, yeah, everything was gravy, man. Man, Chicago is love. Because, like, one thing also that people don't realize um, is especially, and I find this more so, and you would obviously be able to speak better to it, but with NFL culture, like, the town 
takes on like the persona of that football team or the football team takes on the persona of that town. Yeah. Like Chicago blue collar, get your lunch pail, go to work every day type of city type of team. Like, and oh, yeah. they love their Chicago bears. Like it's oh. not, it's not just like, Oh, you know, I right. like, nah, they ride for y'all. So to yeah. go there to experience living in Chicago, which is a dope city itself mm-hmm. and being on a team where it's like, all right, this is like the city, like people love the bears. Um, That had to be like the most fun because, you know, you get off the, you know, you you, not even the plane because you were pretty much all your shit was a few miles up the road, but you drive down and it's like, all right, I'm here. Like this, this is it now. Yeah, bro. I'll tell you, I I played for two other teams. I'll play for the Vikings and Detroit lions pales in comparison compared oh, to I the know. Bears. Just how they are. I mean, you've been you've been out with us from time yeah. to time. Bro, you're a king. If you're a bear, like literally you, you've seen it. Every place we went into. I felt king. What do you want? Where do you guys want to go? <laughs> I felt king you know? Like like you know in that in that Kanye video, like watch how this my city. You know, yes. like literally you can you can do whatever you want and they show you love if you're winning, if you're not, bro, if you're if you're a Bears player, bro, they know you they love you. They support you. Ride or die. It's, it's the best. Like, I can't tell you how many, how many comped meals, comp club visits. Like, it's the best. And, I, and, and, and you've reaped some of those rewards. I've had you've been a, out I've with had, us. Look, man, look, man. Yeah. You know, we'll get to that. But I've had some <laughs> good times now. Because, like, yeah. one thing, and I haven't, I'm not one of those people who just goes to a bunch of um, NFL games. I saw, no, have you ever gone to an NFL game, like, as a fan? Yeah, so I, w- I went. Uh, I went quite a bit as a kid, like Giants games. I grew up right down the street from right Jackson. down the other. So, yeah. but as an adult, have you been to any? Uh, as so a, like, like when you classify paying, adult, like over like, over eighteen? No, I mean like after your playing days, like buy a ticket, go to the stadium, like a regular person. Nah, nah, Bro, I, I like watching the games on TV better. Honestly, let me tell you something. Um, this is something that you don't know. <laughs> Going to an NFL game sucks <laughs> it fucking sucks like the traffic um the car traffic the human traffic paying the park crowded in the in the in the hallway trying to get to your seat getting to your seat your seat is tight somebody's next to you you gotta go to the bathroom the line to get a drink a hot dog whatever it is like <laughs> going to an nfl game kind of sucks and it's cool that like a lot of teams are making that experience um a bit better but one thing I will say, like, I've been to Falcons games a bunch growing up. And up until the time I'd gone to a Bears game, when you started playing there, that was the only experience I had. But going to Soldier Field, and again, getting into Soldier Field sucked because it just sucks <laughs> going to NFL games. Watching them on TV is a lot better. But, like, getting out there, for those that haven't been to Chicago, Soldier Field is right on the water. Like, it's open air. It was a great September day. They got the flags flying like it is uh it gives you goosebumps sitting out there and it's like yo like this is this is it was the best energy i've ever experienced at an nfl game oh it's soldier field is one of a kind man i I feel like it it doesn't do it justice even the way you're talking about it and you guys went to the atlanta game right i believe yeah 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 2011 Yep. yep, yep. I was yeah. living in Milwaukee at the time. Yeah, yeah. So you came up real quick. It was you, Todd, and did Will come too? Yeah, Will was there. Yeah. Yep. 
I thought that was y'all. So yeah, it was it was a dope experience. I think I think we went out a little bit. We hit the town a little we bit. Hit the town a little bit. So one thing that I've always wondered, and when you're when you're in the league, right? You um you don't travel like everybody else. You know, you you don't have to go to you know the airport check the bag. Like, how does how does that travel experience work? Like, all right, you're in Chicago. Um, y'all are playing the Texans, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that travel schedule look like for y'all? Like, is it, you know, the games on Sunday, you fly in on Saturday? Like, how does that, yeah. how does that look? Yeah. So, if we have a, a Sunday game, we, we fly out on Saturday. So, what we do is in the morning, we'll have, like, you know, breakfast, uh, team meeting, and then we'll go out and do a walkthrough, right? We'll do, like, an hour walkthrough. Um, once we're done with that, we'll shower up, get ready for the plane, uh, take the bus to the plane, and then head out to whatever city we're going to. And then once we get there, we'll have meetings at night um, and then kind of wake up in the morning. And depending on what the game is, if it's in the morning or afternoon or evening, it kind of depends our schedule. But, yeah, it's usually we fly out the day before and then we come back that same day that we play. Oh, so, you know, for some reason, I was thinking I was leaving, like, on Friday, coming back, like. Nah, nah, it's it's real quick. It's like a day. Oh, that's, real, oh, that's like a day trip, literally. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I can the imagine. worst, though, is the night games. The night games, oh, though. Because yeah. sometimes you're coming from the West Coast, and then you basically lose a day almost, you know, so. You have to go, and you go in that next Monday, right, if it's a Sunday night game. You got to go in that next Monday and, like, watch film. and. Well, usually if if we have a Sunday night game, the Mm -hmm. Monday will just be off, and then we'll come back Tuesday. So they they keep that in mind. (laughs) Yeah, you kind of hate those games because usually um, towards the end of the season, if you're winning and you're going on a roll, like, they'll give you uh, victory Monday, victory Tuesday, and then you'll just Mm -hmm. come on Wednesday. There's nothing better than that. You're like, I got two days off. Two days off work. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you just chill, you do whatever you want. Man, I would just sleep in, you know. <laughs> At the time, I think I was like watching Weeds. You remember that show, Weeds? Yeah, I remember that show. Yeah. Shoot, I, I just I just binge watched that joint, like literally all the seasons. But Man. it was um, it, it's, it's great when you have those victory Mondays and Tuesdays. Absolutely. So you're in Chicago for four years, right? Mm-hmm. Four years. Um, your time in Chicago comes to an end. And now you're looking for another team. So uh, free agent looking to go elsewhere. How does that free agent process come uh, come about now? Because, like, you have, you're married at this point, right? Yep, yep. So it's not just you. It's you and somebody else. Exactly. So when you're looking for a city to live in, is it, all right, you know, I would rather stay in this conference? Like, how do you, how do, how do you determine where you want to go? That's a uh, moving is a big life decision. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And and at the time, um, I was coming off an injury, so I knew it wouldn't. It, it kind of was really bad timing because I was really coming to my own in my career and really rising. And then you have an injury. You know, when you come off an injury, and it, it was one that they said four to six months. And I'm like, okay, so not not that many people were interested. It was pretty much two teams at the time because they were like, we love what you do. We know you're going to make a recovery from it. No biggie. So it was Minnesota and Philly. And I kind of uh, visited Minnesota and they had offered me higher than the Eagles, even though I hadn't visited there. I just wanted to talk to my agent. I visited Minnesota. I thought it was a cool place. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't the same as Chicago or, or anything like that. But then he told me Philly was interested. And I was like, you know, how much are they talking? And it was a little less money. And at the time, it really wasn't that that much less. 
but I, I kind of just wanted the sure thing. I'm like, oh, it's more money. Let me just take it as opposed to what would have been the best fit. Yeah. And I think the Eagles would have been a better fit because at that point in my career, I feel like I was slated more for a three, four kind of four, three versatile guy that, because the Eagles did a three, four scheme that was kind of a hybrid. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that would have fit me better at the point I was in my career, as opposed to taking the money. So let that be known. Sometimes a better fit That's is money. better than the money. Yeah, there we go. Life lessons right, yep. from, from Corey. Yeah, so let's go. You get, had you been to Minnesota outside of playing there before? No, I, I had <laughs> never. I never. Well, yeah, in college, but playing there. But, yeah, I had never uh, been out there. And you've been, you've been out there a little bit. You worked out there for a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, I was living there. Because I remember yeah. uh, we, went to, uh, we went to dinner one night. And yeah. uh, I was like, bro, where are you living? You were like, man, I live like right by the practice facility, dog. Yeah, exactly. He Even was keeping prayer. it real minimal out there. Like, look, yeah, like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to get to really know anything. Like, um, <laughs> it, it's just so hard when you go from a city like Chicago to like Minnesota. Like, it was cool. Hey, but, but it, Minnesota it, isn't bad though. No, it's not. It's I not like Chicago. I, just, I didn't not give Chicago. it. A, I feel like I didn't give it a chance though. I really didn't. Yeah. So, one thing about. Minnesota is it's definitely different in Chicago, but it's another place where like rabbit fans. So yep. they love the Vikings. Um, yep. And, you know, you didn't give it a chance, but you know, you still like, it was still a good time. Like we, I remember right. uh, the Jets game. So y'all playing the Jets. So yep. y'all playing the Jets on a Saturday afternoon, yep. hands down. One of the coldest games <laughs> I have ever been to. In my entire life. Like, I remember. And it wasn't I went even out. that cold, bro, for Minnesota. Bro, shit. It was, I don't know how cold it was, but like, I couldn't. It was to the point where. It was like 25 degrees, man. Anything. But it had a wind chill. It was snowing. Like, it was, it was bro, bad. For Minnesota, that was, that was, it was December too, I think. It was definitely December. Yeah. But, the, but the, usually Minnesota in December is like negative. That's true. We lucky it wasn't negative. I was <laughs> like, I had to walk inside the gift shop to warm up a couple times. See these Atlanta guys, man, they're soft, right. man. <laughs> and I should have known because I lived in Milwaukee already, so I should have known. Yeah. <laughs> I should have And I, um, I remember that game went into overtime, dog. Like, so, I, I can't remember if it was y'all or the Jets had an opportunity to kick a field goal and win it. And I was like, bro, I don't give a shit. Who wins this game? <laughs> Corey, I, I, the, the tickets was love. Yep. I don't care who wins. <laughs> Just get me out of this freezing weather. Boy, like, get this me is out the here. field goal yep. overtime. I'm like, God. But then I think it was like maybe the first or second series. Um, one of the uh, corners picked it, took it to the crib. Game yep. over. With. Game over. Yeah. We had a good, but we had we did have a good time that night. Oh Hit yeah. A nice little little steakhouse, a yep. few clubs like that. Yep. That was a good time. Yeah, it was. It was a real good time, man. It was, it was always good to kick it with y'all boys, man. Man, of course. So. Um, Minnesota and then Detroit. So, did you give Detroit a chance? Like, what was the process like of going to Detroit? So, so what happened was, um, so after my time in Minnesota, I did I didn't really play as much there as I thought I would. Like coming into mm-hmm. it, I thought I would be more into the rotation, so I didn't get as much time. And so, stats wise, wasn't that good. I didn't have that good of tape. So it was kind of like a year where. Um, I knew it was going to be a league minimum salary. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove myself. So I go to Minnesota. I work out for them. Workout goes well. Um, so I get signed to them. I get, a, I get a little bonus, not much. But I'm like, cool. At this point, I'm, I'm just playing to have a really good year, 
re up next year and, and let's. You said Minnesota. Going. You mean, did you mean Detroit? Or you went oh North Detroit. Denver? Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I had that wrong. So Detroit. Um, so I signed to Detroit. Uh, have a really good preseason. I lead them in sacks in the preseason. I remember watching that. Like my yeah, going so out like, there. Yeah, so I'm like, I oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna kill it. Like you know, we'll make this team. I will be a valuable member of the rotation. Who knows? Maybe even work my way as a starter. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're we're in there. And then the last preseason game. So what happened yeah. was they they made that rule. I think that year, the year before, where they cut the rosters down the last week. Like it went from ninety to like. 70 or something like that mm-hmm. so basically we had a couple guys hurt and so basically normally i wouldn't have had to play the last game because that's what my coach told me but he's like listen we don't have anybody the starters obviously aren't going to play you got to play so i play the whole game and it seems like deja oh, the whole game again. in a fourth preseason game yes exactly nah. i'm like i'm like are you kidding me i'm a, I'm a six-year you guy you prove like, too much I'm like, I'm like, this is a joke. But literally, we had nobody. We had a linebacker playing um, the end. Like, oh, like literally, we had nobody. So I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And then, so I go through three quarters, and they're like, yo, you're done. So what happens is one of the one of the linebackers is just tired, and so he runs off the field. There's nobody on the field. I have my helmet off because I'm not playing anymore. And the coach is like, run on. Fourth quarter, last thing, three minutes of the game again. And it's actually my high school quarterback, Matt Sims. Bill Sims, Chris Sims. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that family connection. So I'm literally running on the field, buckling my chin strap, and I'm going against the right tackle, and he sees me coming. I just beat him, and I'm going for Matt Sims, and I'm I'm flying at him. I put my arm out and literally pop my peck. Last three minutes of the game. Got the the scar right here and everything. You see it? Yeah. Um, So I pop my peck. Freaking last three minutes of the game again. I'm like, so that happens you know i'm down about it i'm like man i play so well in preseason like i'm really upset about this right because you know you're gonna make the team like exactly exactly opportunity to prove yourself again exactly so when uh when i'm recovering i have the surgery i'm recovering i'm like you know what i'm gonna come back next year and i had my daughter my wife had my daughter actually in june so this is uh september at the time Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm recovering my, my wife and my daughter are in Detroit and, you know, I'm, I'm spending every day with my daughter and I'm kind of, I'm kind of realizing some stuff. I'm like, you know, what? I, I don't think I want to play football anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like having my daughter, it really put things in perspective, right. Well, about what's important. And I'm, re- I'm really grateful that, that I had my daughter, me and my wife did at the time that we did. Cause I feel like if I didn't, I would have kept playing mm-hmm. and, Everything was telling me to be done with football. And I'm like, you know what? I've had some injuries, right? But concussions and things of that nature, I've never really had. But I've had some physical injuries that I can recover from. But I said, my brain is good. My body is feeling good right now. Let me walk away. Yeah, cash in the chips. Yeah. yeah. So I was was literally like, there's a bigger picture that I want to be able to run around my daughter's I want to be able to have a good time, be clear of mind, never have that injury that, that really prevents you from doing stuff later in life. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm good. And everyone's like, are you sure? You're, you're, only, you're only 29. I'm like, I'm positive. And honestly, it was the best decision I've ever made, even though it was hard making it. I have no regrets about it. And honestly, everyone asked, did you like when you played football or are you like now? I'm like, retirement, 100%. Like we told you. I do real estate. I do a little broadcasting. I'm flexible. I can do what I want to hang out with my family. Um, 
I get, I don't have to miss stuff that normal people would miss. I love it. And, and honestly, I'm very content with it. And I really enjoy life. Man, that's, that's what's most important. Being able yeah. to just enjoy life, do what you want to do when you want to do it. Um, you out in, in St. Louis, you know, enjoying yourself, beautiful family, like, you know, and, and the thing is like, you live the, the dream. Like yeah. a lot of people dream about, you know, making the NFL, you chose to walk away. Some people have to be told like, nah, like yeah. it's, that, it's that, over for it started for you. <laughs> like yeah, you get the yeah. mini camp and they cut you. Exactly. So, you know, my, my goal, even before I got in the league, when I was in that process where I knew I was going to be in the league, like coming out of college, I'm like mm-hmm. six to eight years, keep it moving. I got six in, got a good pension benefits, I made a good amount of money. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's time for that second phase. And honestly, I, I love it. And I wake up every day and I feel fulfilled being able to spend every day with my family, do what I want to do. It's, it's a lot of fun, man. And honestly, man, it's, uh, and I'll tell you one thing. Now, I have, uh, I've never played in the NFL. I don't know if you know that or not. <laughs> um, never, never been fortunate enough to play in the NFL. But I have been in a situation where you don't have to do something for the money. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the best feelings. Because mm-hmm. when you're able to look at something and be like, eh, I, it'll, you know, I can do it, but it's not going to bring me any happiness. Like you have to, you only have to invest in the things that serve you. And if it doesn't serve you anymore, no matter what it looks like to those outside, because some people say you had an opportunity to play again. You didn't like what's wrong with you. People kill for that. I know. Well, that's them, you know, for, for me, for Corey, like you said, you had a plan, you did what you had to do. And then you transitioned to another phase of life. You on from that. I I feel like a lot of people don't understand because, you know, Viewing it, I never realized how much stress football brought me until I was done. And I was like, like a weight was lifted off me. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. I, everything was cool. I'm like, you know, oh, I love football. But you never realize, like, making the team, um, you know, worrying about this, that, and the other. Uh, that person come for your spot. There was so much stress that went into it and trying to yeah. be perfect and perfect yourself and uh, pleasing this person, this coach, that there's a lot that goes into it. And I got to a point where I'm like, I've been playing since I'm seven years old. Done I don't this. need this shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like every player comes to that realization at some point. And there's some people that don't. There's some people that would play it until the wheels fall off. <laughs> you know, like Brett yeah. Farr, for example. Like, if he could have yeah. kept going, he would have kept he playing. Played until he, he did go until the wheels fell off. <laughs> shit. I know. He went. I had to take him out. I had to take you had him to out. Take, you did nah, take him nah, out on that nah, Minnesota field. <laughs> that was his last game, though. Yeah, now that's everybody in Chicago. He says, man, you're the fire killer, man. I love you, man. Yeah, that was – so, yeah, like, because you were on the – you were still on the Bears. People don't realize, like, people – like, that Bears D-line, it was full of dogs. Like, yeah. y'all had a crazy defense. Yeah. Like, no, y'all had – in a, general. 2012, Bruh. check the stats, man. We, we were like, we averaged, I think, like we had the most, what was it, takeaways and total defense. Like our, our you know, pick sixes and defensive you touchdowns tell, man, out of this that? world. Corners, like linebackers. Cor- uh, Tim yeah. Jennings. We yes. had uh, Peppers, uh, Henry Melton, mm-hmm. uh, Erlacher. Uh, Lance Nick was on Bray. the team, wasn't he? Nick Roach, yeah. Yep. Lance Briggs, can't forget about him. Yeah. He was a dog. Israel Donage, uh, Spice Adams. Guy. Yep. Spice Sp- Adams. Oh, Spice. I know you played with Spice. <laughs> yeah, I played with Spice. 
Man, I, I got to see you. That's the connection with you. I, I need to have him on the pod. That's my guy, man. Oh, yeah. Everything he says is so funny and relatable. Bro, that's how he was when we played. And, and I don't know how you well, keep a straight face with him in meetings, bro. <laughs> literally, literally, it was the best, though. You know when you get to the Lola camp or you just have one of those days where you're like, man, this shit sucks. Mm-hmm. He would literally be that guy that just have you just laughing. And you're like, okay, l- let's go. You know, he'd, he'd get everybody going. But And he created the second, like, career in the media. People don't realize also, like, I don't – obviously, I didn't know Spice um, personally. I just remembered him in the league. He yeah. was a doll, too. Like, Yeah, he played nine happy, years. He was like a – Yeah. He's a seven-year starter. You know, he played yeah. for San Fran and the Bears. Like, I mean, dude, dude is athletic. I mean, you see the way he – he moved, yeah. He's an athletic dude, man. He could have played in the league. I don't know if you know in the NBA. I don't yeah. know if you know that. With the cream bag. When he went up for the dunk. Tell me how this. We were talking because I had him on my podcast. Uh-huh. He's, he's way more famous after football than he was when he played. That's awesome to see. You know, that yeah, D-tackles usually don't get no shot. Yeah, but, but, but still, like, you know, if you just think about people that retire – you know, most likely they're going to be known for what they did on the field. He's more mm-hmm. known for what he does afterward. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And built it all he, off Instagram. <laughs> yeah. He did, he did it. He told us as a dare, you know, somebody in his family told him like, oh, go on Instagram, make funny videos that you always do. You're a fool. And he's like, man, this stuff sucks. Like, I'm not going to do it. And he did it. And at first, like, you know, it was okay. A couple people liked it, laughed, and then it caught on. And I think like Kevin Hart retweeted him. And then it blew up. We out of here. It was over. Yeah. Kevin over. Hart effect. Man, this ain't soul playing Kevin Hart. Right. This is, this is, this is sold out. <laughs> this sold, not sold out. <laughs> sold like out stadium. That. This Kevin not soul playing. This sold out. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Man, that's crazy. So we talked about football, which is work. Um, so when you're not in St. Louis being a real estate mogul, where do you like to go? I mean, obviously, I know you done took some trips, right? Like, where yeah. is your favorite place when you like know it? Me and the wife, we want to get away, whether it's with the girls or without. We just want to kick it for a nice extended yeah. weekend. Where y'all at? So an extended weekend. Um, so I, I would say, um, shoot, I'm not even gonna say an extended weekend. I, I know you asked me that, but if, if there's one place I would go to and and be cool with going going there consistently, I would say Maui. Maui. Hawaii. Love Maui. I don't know if you've been there. You've been there? I have not been. You know what? I'm, Bro, this guy travels the world, cause. all these places, and you haven't been to Maui. What's I have not been. Mean? I need Hawaii was on my 2020 agenda, um, but 2020 is canceled. Yeah. You, you, you might have to book one of those flights now for, like, next summer <laughs> exactly. to get you those deals, like that Southwest going over there or something. Bro, but what? Ma- Maui is unreal, bro. Um. When, when you talk about it just as an island, the people are, are, are so cool and down to earth. The food is amazing. Um, yeah. Beaches are amazing. And they have this thing called the Road to Hana, right? So it's mm-hmm. basically this, I think it's around like 15 miles total. So it's, a, it's a, like a single lane, like narrow roadway going up like mountains and stuff. And there's so many different like trails and excursions. Cause I know you love, love stuff like that. Of um, course. So they have different things and, and, we went, uh, it was me, my wife, uh, my, my oldest at the time, because we didn't have our youngest, uh, my mom and dad and my sister. Oh, so nice we all went. Yeah. yeah, so my mom had mapped out everything on this road to Hana. She's like, okay, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got... 
And literally, it's just like a thing where it's like you stop at the second tree and then you go left. Like, it's, it's stuff that you have to – it's pretty cool because you really have to pay attention. It's like the Patriots. Um, it's like the yeah, Patriots. Yeah. Attention, attention to details. Right. Um, so we went to, like, the bamboo forest first. It's dope. You go through these waterfalls. You can swim in them. You can uh, walk, hike. Dope experience. We are there for about an hour. Then we go to this place called Ching's Pond, and it's like this, this cliff jump that you could do. Mm-hmm. It's ice cool, cold water and everything's cool. And then my sister jumps off the cliff and almost hits the other side of the oh, wall shit. because she jumps out. <laughs> but she was good. Luckily, my dad's like, oh, yelling and stuff. A um, baby. <laughs> yeah, literally. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, but that was dope. Then we go to the red sand beach, the black sand beach. And then we go to all these different other excursions. There's like literally probably 50 things you could do on this uh, road to Hana. We just started a little bit later, so we didn't get to do all the things, but we probably did 10 things that you could do, and it was it was dope, man. Man, that's a good time. Uh, yeah. I still need to get to Hawaii. Like, I have yeah. never – and you know what? For some reason, I never really even thought to go to Hawaii until, like, as of late. I was like, man, there's just so many other places I want to go, I want to go. But, yeah. Nah, you, 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 got, you got to do Maui, man. It's, yeah. it, it's, a, it's definitely one you got to check the box. I know, I know you like to get your hike on. I know you like to do excursions. And uh, – it's it's definitely something that you'll be like once you do it you're like i see why everybody was talking about it yes absolutely and we were talking a little bit before this um and i was telling you about how i uh how i went to to morocco and so one thing that was pretty cool and you talk about excursions and i was saying like you know you and your wife kids whatever dope experience they have these like sand um sand camping like excursions where you go um, from Morocco and they do this in Dubai. So anywhere like the Middle East is a bunch of sand. So what you do is they take you on this long ass drive and you go and take hop on a camel and um, a desert safari. That's what it's called. So you go hop on a camel, you head out to the middle of nowhere. It's like a glamping type of situation. So you got a super nice, like long table. They got a dining tent. They got running water out there, so you don't have to worry about that. They got running hot water, all that kind of stuff. Um, yep. And they got a fire. Like, it's a really dope experience. And, bro, that shit is like Aladdin. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it is. I remember you saying it, that. Bro, it is, it is crazy out there. So, if I can do that experience, I absolutely got to do the um, the uh, the Hawaii experience. So, so, when you talk about places you've been to, if, if you had to rank number one, what would it be? It's a gun to your head right now. What do you pick? Damn, I didn't know it was doing going rapid fire. Uh, yeah. Two minute, two minute drill. <laughs> Gun to my head. Favorite place? I would honestly have to say, um, or I might say Tokyo. Tokyo. Hey. I might say Tokyo. Okay. And uh, after Tokyo, I think I'll go uh, Rio, and okay. I'll go Tokyo because, like, you talked about Chicago being like a, a cleaner yeah. New York. Yeah. Tokyo is New York, except no crime and mm-hmm. uh, clean as hell. Like, Dang. it's still expensive, <laughs> but it's got yeah. all this culture. Um, yeah. It's got the lights. Like, I, you know, if you're looking to, to go to Asia, Tokyo is definitely it. Um, I was actually there with Will a couple years ago. Me, him, and uh, this girl he was dating at the time. Uh, we're just exploring the city, man. We had a really good time out there. It's like, you know, it's like New York and then right in the middle of the city, um, you can just go and it'll be a nice, quiet, 
like uh park oasis like tokyo is, is it that boy was on this lupe right he said fall Man. asleep in paris wake up in, in tokyo, tokyo. That's what i was trying to be hey. so I what about you street. what about you number one spot uh so i, I hawaii is definitely mine if, but if i had to go number two number two right because hawaii maui is, is definitely number one number two would probably have to say turks and caicos Okay, I haven't been out to Turks before. Turks and Caicos. I mean, that's probably the clearest water I've ever been to. Um, island itself, the, the the whole the whole place is very safe. There's not much crime there at all, so you can go and explore, do what you want to do. Uh, we went on a boat tour, and both both of my girls and and my parents, my sister, my aunt and uncle came with us, and it was just a dope experience. We went to all these different destinations, Lizard Island, uh, all these different stops. Um, Honestly, the, the beaches, though, clearest water you ever see. I've heard, 100%. Man. I know. Yeah. And, when, and it's like, uh, yeah, it's just so dope. We, we rented a house right by the beach, so we had an oceanfront view. Oh, Amazing. Love. If you go with a bunch of people, you know, Airbnb is. Yeah, yeah, it's the way to go. Bro, I am an Airbnb advocate for group trips. Like, a hotel oh. for group, like, you're too separated. The Airbnb yes. is the way forward for oh, a group trip. Oh, it is. It is. Because then you get the whole experience. Speaking you know? of a group trip, man, we – um. Once the world opens back up, have you done like out west, like a Vail, Park City? Nah, um, I'm, I'd be down for that. You, do you that. snowboard, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I grew, I grew up snowboarding, um, and I haven't been since I since I went to college because you know when you, when you play college, you're like you don't want to get hurt, this, that, and the other. Nah, that was messed and up you, the money. We can't be exactly, out there. Mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Put that snowboard I'm, down. I want, I want to get back into it because I used to love it. I used to have like a Burton snowboard, man. I used to, I used to. I used to get into it, man. Your big ass on the mountain would be a sight to see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Barreling down that joint. But, like, what people don't realize is um, you hear skiing, you hear snowboarding, and the first thing that comes to mind is white people inexpensive. And yep. it is that. I'm not even going to flex. It is that. However, you don't have to buy all the expensive stuff. You don't even nope. have to go on the mountain if you don't want to. No, like, you can just go there and kick it. Bro, those, like, that is a hidden gem that, like, the ski community has kept from a lot of the world. Like, those ski towns like Park City, Vail, yeah. Breckenridge, uh, Whistler up in Canada. Yeah. Those are, like, those, it's, like, otherworldly. Those shits yeah. are crazy. And they, they kick it, parties, clubs, bars. Hot time machine? Come on. Basically. Hot, exactly. The, the, the second one, right? That's what I should have led with. <laughs> I yeah. should have led with hot time machine. Bro, they, they was over there singing, uh, what's his name, uh, the guy that was on, um, uh, the office, uh, Craig, what's his name? Uh, I know you're that, talking about the black in the karaoke, Jesse's yeah. girl, and all that. Man, that, that was a dope movie, but that's yeah, what everybody tub, says. Top Machine, was, vastly underrated. Oh, it, bro, that movie is funny. vastly underrated, <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, we got to get out there like that. Those spots are, are dope, man. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm a hundred. Once this COVID stuff's over, man, we, we definitely all got to take a trip and kick it because it's, it's been a minute, man. man last time we kicked it was really uh. Minneapolis, and that was That's in 2014. So, no, no, you no, came no. to Atlanta. Yes, yeah, for for Todd's housewarming party, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We did. Okay, but yep. that that was fun. But it wasn't it wasn't Minneapolis. So speaking of Minneapolis, I know he's still in the league. I just don't know who he plays for. Shout out, uh, is it Cordell or Cordell? How do you say his name? Cordero. Cordero Patterson. Shout yeah, he out. He plays Cord- for the Bears. He plays for the Bears now. Yeah. So he doesn't know this. He probably even remember this. He probably will never even hear this. But we was at some club in uh, Minneapolis, right? 
Yeah. And we pull up and uh, we go in and it was one of those things where, like the general pop was like on the downstairs floor and the vip was upstairs. Yeah. So we walk upstairs, you know, it's a bunch, it was right after that Jets game. Yeah. Um, a bunch of y'all had sections. Woo-woo. So me and Will are chilling in the section. And as anybody knows, when you have NFL players and you have a section, it's going to be millions of girls in there. So um, it was like to the point where me and Will were like, bro, it's just too crowded. Like, um, you know, they, they all trying to sip the ace, you know, it was, yeah. like, you know, we just going to move. So the section next to the one that we were in was empty. So Will and I go and sit in that section um, and no bottles. Like we just sitting there vibing, you know, talking to one another, chilling, you just take, taking a break. Sometimes you yep. gotta, you gotta sub yourself out for a minute, get a breather. And uh, we chilling, and one of the waitresses comes over, and she's like, "Hey, like y'all can't, y'all can't sit here. Somebody's about to to buy it." And uh, we we're like, "Okay, well, like we'll get up when they move." She was like, she just kind of gave us a look and was like, "Okay." She walked away. She comes back. She's like, "Well, I mean, you guys can't sit here because if you're not buying it, you can't sit here, and somebody wants to buy it." So, uh, Patterson hears this, right? And he's like, "Nah, they good." And she was like, are you sure? Because you will, you know, he's like, nah, that's our section now. Yeah. <laughs> he, buys the sec- he buys the section, bro. <laughs> he, he, he got y'all. He, he buys the section. It was like, what? man, y'all cool. Woo, y'all cool with me. I was like, yeah, there we lit. go. Like we, we the section that we got our own bottles. Now. Hey, hey, see, see when you roll with me, you get it for free. You feel me? <laughs> you roll with me, you get it for free. You know, that's, that's, hey, I'm not mad at that at all, man. Yeah, but those no, were fun had- times, man. We've had some good times over the years, man. It's it's definitely uh it's definitely always a good time, you know. Absolutely. I, I think back on all the memories and, and, and different times we had and even so so you you currently you drink, right? A little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, okay. I have a sip so you, right now and then. Okay. So you remember when you didn't drink and I, I was one of the first you were definitely a peer pressure nigga. <laughs> I gave him peer pressure. I was like, drink this shit, man. Joking around with him. He was like, ah, he drank. I don't it. know about ah, I don't know. I don't know about that. You you hey, tried hey, you listener, definitely he, put your hands on me. He he said, ah, no, nah. <laughs> he was like, he's like, all right, all right, I'll drink some. <laughs> you definitely put your hands on me for not taking a shot. I will, I will let the people know that. I will let the people know that. But it's okay though, because I, I ain't go down. <laughs> I ain't go down. But so, uh, real quick before we get out of here, you talked about um, your podcast a little bit. What's your podcast yeah. about? What's the name of it? Yeah, so it's, it's called Three Brothers, and it's uh, about me and two of my childhood friends uh, that I've known for over 30 years. Um, I talk to them every day. And so basically, we we initially started it as like just, just to goof around. We were talking about funny stuff, pop culture, this, that, and the other. And right when we were going to start it, everything with George Floyd happened, right? Mm. And then so we had to take a different approach because I'm like, we can't just start this and goof around when there's real stuff going on, we got to talk about this. And so our first three episodes were really about social justice, uh, George Floyd. And at the time, one of of, uh, our podcast members, Brian, his cousin had been really involved with the black lives matter in in Miami. Mm -hmm. So we kind of interviewed him and it it took a different route than we want to, but people loved it, you know? And, and it was surprising because I grew up in a suburban town with, with these two other guys and we kind of just didn't know how people were going to react to it. Um, cause you know, you think, you know, somebody, but you really don't right. know. like Facebook, Facebook has really showed you like people's true colors yeah. and, and how they really feel. 
And when it used to be a, a college tool, right, where we used to try to hit on girls like freshman <laughs> exactly. year, exactly. see who was going to be on our college campus. But it kind of it kind of drifted to where everybody's mother or father is talking about Facebook whether or not so they love not Trump or thing. hate Trump. <laughs> right. Yeah. We thought it was 15 exactly. years ago. Exactly. So, yeah, it's just it's just a, a really, uh, really weird, weird time. And uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Where were we going? <laughs> you were telling me about uh how you started the podcast oh yeah okay i'm sorry i got i got off track there um so yeah we we were um you know so so everything going on with the world and george floyd and and um so we decided to go to go that route and uh yeah i, I don't regret it at all because i feel i feel like we needed to touch on that and it's something that i would have felt bad and we would all felt bad if we didn't touch on something that was so major in in really our our country's history Right when we talk about a movement and things of that nature, and um, we we had to touch on it, and, and I'm glad we did. And so we we did those three episodes mostly about that, mm-hmm. and then we kind of ventured out. And now we mostly talk about pop culture and things of that nature. But on our upcoming episode, obviously, we're going to have to talk about Jacob Taylor, absolutely everything going on there. And um, yeah, actually, I actually talked to his dad today. Oh wow! Uh, this is a big Evanston connection. So Jacob Taylor's from Evanston. Okay. Northwestern Evanston and Kenosha is where uh-huh. we had our, our summer training camp. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it would be good to reach out to him and, and just uh, yeah. let him know that, you know, us former players are in support of them and uh, yeah. we're here for them, if whatever they need. And it's, it's crazy to see just what's going on in the world today when, when it comes to, we've come so far, right? It's 2020. Uh, since the Jim Crow era and things of that nature, but we're taking steps back, steps back. in some regards. And, you know, and one thing, story. if it, real quick, one thing, and, and I know I have a podcast about travel and I talk about Tokyo and we just talked about, you know, living a glamorous life in these different major American cities. But like I said, I lived in Milwaukee for around two and a half years. Um, and I'd only previously lived in Georgia, right? Like I'm from Atlanta. I went to school in a small country town about three hours south of Atlanta. I hadn't, I've been other places, but I'd never lived anywhere. Yep. When I got to Milwaukee, um, and Milwaukee, for those who don't know, is about 45 minutes to an hour with traffic north of Kenosha. Yep. Kenosha is down, like, right by the Illinois border. Milwaukee and Chicago are really close, 90 miles away. Mm. Kenosha is, yep. I, can you call it in the middle, almost? Yep, exactly. Um, and Wisconsin is very, very segregated. Um, and the black population there um, is definitely an underserved community. Um, when a lot of the manufacturing jobs left, because uh, it was a huge manufacturing city, when a lot of the manufacturing jobs left, um, so a lot of other opportunity because those people were skilled um, in those warehouse jobs. So if there wasn't a lot of opportunity around, yep. what are these people going to do? Um, they're congregated in the inner city. Like uh, so many factors go into that, right? Yep. And Kenosha is people don't realize the north is like just as bad or if not worse than the south kenosha is like a small southern town like it's yeah. a speck on the map it's in the middle of nowhere like mm. when i heard this happened in uh kenosha i was not surprised at all yeah um so yeah yeah, yeah. people people don't it's, realize it's, that like america yeah. is so much different but we are the same in a lot of aspects exactly i mean i, I feel like it's it's the same stuff that goes on it's just Will Smith said it. He's like, racism hasn't gone away. There's just a camera phone to record it. I mean, that's that's the reality of it, right? Police I mean, are still shooting the same number of black people. We just recording it now. Exactly. So, you know, luckily that 
everything is the way it is because George Floyd, I mean, that would have been just another black dude dead. Forget about it, you know. But luckily, camera phone recorded everything. And it took everything going on, the protests, the riots, everything for them mm-hmm. to actually arrest the guy. But Absolutely. If, if, if people wouldn't have, wouldn't have caused an uproar about it, nothing would have happened. Exactly. And I don't know if you saw the, uh, the video of um, the Raptors GM. Did yep. you see that video? Yeah, yeah. Bro, like the policeman said, you saw hit him. The yeah. video, and they had the video for a year and was still sticking to their same story. They remember, knew it remember, was a lie. Remember he said he had, uh, the, the police officer said he had um, had significant injuries. And I'm like, you see him walking off like nothing is wrong. Bruh. And Pushed him twice. Yeah, the case was dropped. Exactly. This is, this, this is after they won the NBA finals when he's yes. trying to get on the court, right? Right. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? And he said that he wouldn't show him the credential. He was like literally reaching in his pocket. Like he literally he had, had a out. lanyard. He had a lanyard out there like this, like relax. It, it's and so if, if you're working, if you're working at a stadium with a team, you should know who everybody is, uh, especially but, the GM. Exactly. Like is, is, we're not talking about just some person on the side handing people water. We're talking about the, the GM, the guy that runs right. everything. <laughs> and and you live that life, so a lot of times I'm assuming like it's pretty much the same rotation of um of officers at these games. One hundred percent. So this wasn't his first time. No, I th- I think there was definitely some kind of thing. Whether whether he get, he I don't know. I, there's something there that we don't yeah. know about. Yeah. But there was something whether they got into it before or he didn't like how he carried him. It's something like that mm-hmm. because that's the pettiest thing I ever seen. Absolutely. Literally, I was like, "What is going on?" I'm like, <laughs> but yet again, we see, we see cases like this all the time, and I'm. I'm just hoping, you know, with, with uh, Jacob Blake, that there'll, there'll be some justice. Um, yeah, I certainly hope so. I, I, I really hope so. And then, you know, what's crazy about it is, is he gets shot in the back and then there's that kid with the AR-15 that goes to defend the, the <laughs> defend stuff and, and what's going on with the protests. I guess he was trying to defend the, the stores or restaurants that were around the area. And literally he shoots two people and then walks through police like it's right. nothing. Right. With, with his hands up. Yeah. He didn't even have a handgun on his hip. He has a big old assault rifle. Right. Like this. Hey, that this this is the America we live in. I mean, luckily, right. you know, he's being charged with first degree murder. But who As knows? I mean, they're saying that, oh, okay, there's video that supports that somebody was coming at him. I'm like, listen, if you shoot a gun, people are going to come at you. You know? Yeah. Because he said if they were chasing crowd, him and he was scared. Yeah, yeah. Of course people were chasing you, fool. Yeah, you shooting a gun, people are like, listen, if you try to run from a gun that's close, good luck. You know, and, they are like that. And one thing yeah. that, you know, I, I know is when you're in a crowd like that and if somebody starts shooting and people are just like, oh, shit, somebody starts shooting, people run away. They will exactly. not run away if people witness it and know that you were in the wrong. You were the exactly. aggressor. Yeah, yeah. That, most of the time people don't know who's shooting. Right. That's why they run. People like, are oh. chasing you. Unarmed people are chasing you because you are the aggressor. Like you fucked exactly. up. Exactly. So so hopefully he'll be charged. And 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 the crazy part is that that kid that everyone's trying to make it seem like he's this this great person. And but the thing is, right? If if you if you wanna if you wanna play it an eye for an eye or this, that, and the other, right? So people point out what Jacob Blake did beforehand mm-hmm. or George Floyd. So this kid was apparently had a rap sheet at 17 years old. He'd been arrested four or five times. So 
Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Are, are they posting about that? No, 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 no. no. They posting that <laughs> picture of him cleaning graffiti off of a wall. Exactly. Exactly. Because it doesn't fit the narrative. And that's the part I hate is, is people all the time talk about stuff. And it doesn't matter what you did beforehand, right? Because everybody, we all have family members or somebody that we know that has a past, right? Exactly. That we doesn't matter. That yeah. doesn't matter what your past. It's about the incident right now, right? Absolutely. Did and he deserve to die? No. no. Did George Floyd deserve to die? No. Who cares he had fentanyl in the system? It doesn't matter. That's no. irrelevant. No, right? because at that time, nobody knew these things. And exactly. what people don't understand and, you know, when it, talk, when it comes to policing, um, it's a very delicate conversation because, you know, people have police officers in their family. People have different experiences. But police shouldn't kill people that are guilty of minor crimes either. Like, if they walked in on him and he was like, I don't know, he was himself fighting mm-hmm. um, somebody, you still shouldn't kill him. He wasn't. He was breaking yeah. up a fight. But yeah. even if you walk in on somebody doing something wrong, you shouldn't kill them if they pose no immediate threat to you. Like that's what our judicial system is supposed to be for. Um, But we have just such a love affair with um, policing the black community, Mm -hmm. guns um, Mm -hmm. with uh, people being uh, the final arbiters of justice that it gets to that place. And you're like, Oh, well, you know, he shouldn't have been resisting. Got what he, that, that, that's what people always say and and Get out of here and, li- and listen like I, I, i'm sure you've been taught and and just like i have like you get pulled over by cops you you listen to what they say and but the, but the thing is right it shouldn't have to be be that way no. you, the thing is obvi- obviously right you look at when people are resisting we've seen people of all different races resisting and nothing happens to them that's the issue with it right um granted you know I, you know, if I get pulled over by a cop, I'd be super nervous about everything. That's, that's just because how my dad ingrained it in me. Like, when you get pulled over, show them your license, show them your, don't talk back. Right, hands on the I wheel, mean, exactly. Yeah, like, try to stay alive. Like, that's literally what it is. It's I mean, survival I, mode when the police yeah, pull you it, over, it, and it shouldn't exactly. be like that. Yeah, it, sh- it shouldn't have to be like that. And it shouldn't everybody have to be all proper about everything at all times. And it's 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 just a crazy time, and, and I, I just wish it wasn't like that. But it, it's going to continue to go like this until they have justice like nobody's saying to be black lives matter you're anti-police this is anti-bad cop right yeah we just we just want those cops to be prosecuted just like you or i would if mm-hmm. we committed a murder right we go to mm-hmm. jail for life yeah so have the same thing done to the police officers and Absolutely. and the, the crazy part is you remember that, that kid cannon uh this is a white kid that was from that got murdered he's like five years old he got murdered by his black neighbor that's oh, i didn't hear about this Yes, yeah, so there's no, a big thing, justice for Can- for Cannon. So he was he was a five year old uh, white boy that was riding um, in his neighborhood, and his neighbor, I don't know for whatever reason, he was a black guy, shot him in the head for for uh, awful, like one mm-hmm. of the worst things yeah. ever. Terrible. I think the the guy was was a psychopath. Uh, I I can't. It's it's, it's horrible having two right. two children that are around that age. Horrible. I can't even imagine. But that guy was arrested and he's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. Right. So to try to compare the two and, and not that, that anybody is being insensitive about that kid Cannon because his life mattered a hundred percent. Yeah. But it's just saying when it comes to a police officer, they need to be held to the same standard that that guy who murdered him was. That's the, that's the only thing. That's why we're saying George Floyd. That's what we're saying. Jacob Blake. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not because we're trying to make this about this, that, and the other. It's just about the facts. You know, police officers kill people and then they then they get temporary leave or they get reassigned somewhere. Right. You're right. And so they'll keep their money. 
but exactly. So that's the only issue with it. Man, I really appreciate this conversation, man. I've been I've been trying to get you on the pod for like a year know, now, but like our schedule's finally aligned. Um, exactly. And we were able to do it. So look, man, I certainly appreciate the time, man. Um and we gonna have to we gonna have to get this house in the mountains, man, when everything calms down. Hey, we're gonna have to do that thing, man. Um it was a pleasure, man. Thank you for having me on. Um we'll definitely get it cracking once this COVID is over. No right. vid, hopefully. No vid. By the summer. <laughs> drop, drop your social medias for, for the peoples. Yep. Podcasting so at, personally. Yep. So it's at Corey Wooten, C-O-R-E-Y-W-2-O-S-2-T-O-N on Instagram and Twitter. And our podcast is at the number three brothers pod mm-hmm. on Instagram. I think that's right. I got to double check that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> three brothers. You know, you got to see three brothers in the picture on Instagram. So, so check us out right there. Um, yeah, we're doing the thing. Check out any of these podcasts right here. Let's get it. Let's keep this movement going. Let's go, baby. All right, man. I appreciate it, bro. Thank you, brother. Why? 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 Why?